Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2022, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast. Welcome to a very special 3CR gardening show on this bitey May morning. Today we are celebrating Botanic Gardens Day across Australia and New Zealand. Now we're here to answer all your questions for your regular gardening conundrums, but we want to hear your stories of botanic gardens and celebrate everything about them today. It only seems fitting that I, Chloe Foster, introduce our panel of experienced botanic gardeners. A very warm welcome to Claire Hart, Manager of Horticulture at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. Thank you, Chloe. It is very warm in here, so I'm very delighted to be here. (laughs) Pumped up the heater just for you. (laughs) Hello to Tex Moon, uh, Ranger Team Leader at the Dandenong Rangers Botanic Gardens, formerly the National Rhododendron Gardens. Hello. And to John Arnott, Manager of Horticulture at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Cranbourne. We've got some bookends of Botanic Gardens today. <laughs> we Welcome, are, you guys. Texas a sandwich. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, uh, is the tomato in the middle. Yeah. Uh, now, let's, let's define a botanic garden, guys. Tell me, what is a botanic garden? <sighs> Look, a bit, there's, a, there's a dictionary definition, Chloe, that says botanic gardens are um, institutions holding Documented collections of living plants for the purposes of, and then there's some dot points, conservation, education, interpretation, research, display, research, enjoyment, enjoyment. (laughs) That's the big one. That's the yeah. That's 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 the real big one. And aesthetic, obviously, the aesthetic purposes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So collections, curated collections Mm. of plants. So growing plants for really specific purposes. Um, uh, So that's the dictionary definition. But um, I think. Botanic gardens are just in, I mean, there's 90 listed botanic gardens in Australia, mm. and they're all a bit different. They've all got, a, all, all got a different focus, but underpinning each of those gardens are these collections of plants which are curated by volunteers, specialists, mm. curators, horticulturists. Scientists. Scientists, and ecologists. More than just different, they are all unique. Unique. So yeah. they all have, you know, something very specific about them that makes them... Uh, I guess uh, um, a place that um, holds that that 
all those things that you just mentioned, conservation, research, education yep. um, and enjoyment. Yep. But it's the uniqueness of each garden which makes it important yep. and gives it value, a really great value um, to the community in and around it, but broader as well. So yep. on that, you know, whatever state and international um, uh, role as well, yeah. level, yeah. And they're the most visited cultural institutions yeah. in, in Australia. There was a, a Bureau of Statistics yeah. <laughs> a study a few years ago that said botanic gardens are more popular in the community than cinemas um, Museum, and museums, galleries, galleries yeah. zoos, all that sort of stuff. So 42% of the population um, will visit a botanic garden on any given year. Mm. So, you know, it's... They are, and in Victoria, it, it's it, it, botanic gardens. I mean, we've got this wealth of yeah. botanic gardens, this legacy that goes yeah. back to the eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, they're just they're a part of the fabric of of our society. They're yeah. very much yeah. embedded in in Western culture, but yeah, our yeah. society and in yeah. Australia too. Yeah, yeah, for Victoria, sure. Victoria, particularly. Victoria, in particular. Yeah, yeah. Probably the biggest thing about um, botanic gardens in Australia is that they're free, which is mm. not the case for a lot of um, um, botanic gardens in the Northern Hemisphere. So, that is quite unusual when I'm speaking to colleagues in the US, where <coughs> and or the UK, mm. where you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you pay pretty penny, and yeah. and you know, obviously, um, there's a great need for that because it helps to keep things ticking over, so to speak. But for us, it's free. Yeah. Uh, so, what, and that's what you call value for, for money. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the National Road of Denver Garden got rebranded as a botanic garden. And what was the rationale for that change, just in terms yeah. of context? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I think, you know, look, there's, there's a lot of things that underpin that. There was a strategic management plan that we, you know, that sort of had that as one of the clear objectives. But I, I think at the core of it, it was about sort of, well, firstly, recognising the diversity of plants that we do have within the, within the Dandenong Range of Botanic Garden. Obviously, we've got an amazing rhododendron collection, but it's not it's not the only thing we've got. But also, it's about encouraging the year-round visitation. So mm. we're not just a spring rhododendron garden; we're mm. we're we're a garden for all seasons. Mm. So yeah. so that and you know, obviously, and then to strengthen some of the other you know, connections and networks that we were already working sort of within that space, within that botanic garden sector, but, but you know, strengthening those those connections was a big part of that rationale as well. Yeah. So. And but, Dandenong Ranges is, the gardens there are beautiful yeah. in the wintertime. There's so many deciduous trees. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing time yeah, to be up there at the up, moment. The cafe's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, we're at the time of year at the moment where, the garden changes from day to day. You know, every every time you look at it, it looks a little bit different. And, and you know, you've got views opening up. You've got leaves dropping, mm. leaves changing colour. Still it's just, some colour? Still a bit of colour, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, it's been an incredible autumn up there. I heard um, the show last week, they were raving Jane and... Jeremy? Uh, Craig. Craig. Craig, Wilson and, and Virginia were all raving about the incredible autumn that we've had. And it has really has been. It's, it's very much at the tail end of it now, but we're still got... Yeah, ginkgos are just glowing and yeah. liriodendrons, the tulip trees and Zelkova serrata, which is amazing. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to visit. Gin- ginkgos are always, to me, uh, that literally is gold for free. Yeah, They're yeah. Buttery yeah. gold in colour, but the way that they just drop, and people love that foliage. Yeah. So, yeah. stunning. Yep. 
I learnt a new plant that had beautiful deciduous golden foliage like that. Greg Boulderston, when I was on last, brought in a plant called Lindera, obtusifolia. Yes. Yeah, so the, the ch- they're Japanese spice. Yeah. I don't know sure. the common name. And the hat, the, the foliage looks a bit like a hat. Yes, it's yeah. Gorgeous. In gorgeous. the Loraceae family, so in that spice family, mm. it was the most stunning, clean mm. yellow. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen one since or anything like it since it ginkgo one yeah. at the rbgv melbourne just so you know oh. <laughs> and there's a, a salvia anthony parker in front of it so you've got that kind Bang. of blue Bang. and the gold so yeah. a nice yeah. combo if you're looking for a combo there folks there where, you go. where is it uh now uh it's it's off princess lawn i'd have to kind of you know go down into a bit of detail but um you know actually um after the show, if you want to know, um, I'll take you in to have a look. <laughs> Special tour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But isn't it interesting that um, the Dandelion Ranges Garden is, 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 is a – the Dandelion Ranges Botanic Garden is a garden, but it's a, a, an aggregate of five or six yeah. gardens? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah well, we manage the, the eight properties eight all properties. up, but, right. but two of which are arboretums and then there's the former golf course. But um, – but yeah, so George Tyndale Memorial Garden is looking stunning at the moment. Alfred Nicholas Memorial Garden, the ginkgo's down at the lake. Mm-hmm. Oh, magnificent! Um, uh, Periander is stunning. Yeah. It's it's just such a beautiful arboretum, and it's of you know at this time of year it comes alive, and it's and it's you know the words out there we're getting a lot more visitation in some of those areas than what we've seen in the past, especially this time of year. You know, mm. as a, as I said, we were. A classic kind of spring garden, and that is our peak period. But autumn is not far behind now. So I think lockdown helped the Daniel Rangers yeah. as a whole with all the gardens that you that you and your team manage up there. Yeah, people discovered them, and yeah, yeah, lots yeah. in my five k. I think that's the, was the case across the board. Across the board, oh, yeah. definitely up and down at Cranbourne, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, local residents were discovering Cranbourne for the for the first time. Mm. Yeah, there was um, a shift from that tourism to the local. To the local yeah. You know, you did that, God, it seems, God, what a couple of years. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do the little radius from your house, 10 yeah. and 10 yeah, yeah. thing, and there's this green space, and then you go, ooh, yeah. what the yeah. Yeah. You look for the green patches yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. Let's go, let's go You're it. actually let's triggering go. me a bit there, because I, I live in the west, and uh, there are no botanic gardens there. However, Footscray Park was within my 5K, oh. so that was my, and, and go-to down to the river. And, um, and what about the Northcote Golf Course? Oh, I mean, yeah. that, that, that yeah. is absolutely... Yeah. That's correlation to the need for people to have green space. Mm. Was that bustling in lockdowns? Bustling. People right. kind of broke into it. They kind of reclaimed it, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I find those places very interesting. And I guess um, when, you, when you do look at that overview of that map of, of urban spaces, um, you know, you look for your botanic gardens, et, et cetera, but there are other areas yeah. and, you know, I'll, I'll probably get wrapped over the knuckles a bit, but I look at the golf courses, yeah, I look yeah. at the um, uh, Flemington, for example, I'm like, well, what else can we do in these big, <laughs> yeah. green, yeah, yeah. locked-up spaces? So, Absolutely. you know, uh, anyhow, I'll digressed a bit. So let's go back to botanic gardens. <laughs> yes. but, but good old, good on the Shire, Shire City, Darabin Council, yeah. for, for recognising that... that that it is valuable space. Yeah. Um, that it can for co- more than, co- coexist yes. for golfers and for the so that broader pass- community. It, it's that adoption of both passive and um, active recreation, yeah. which um, needs to merge that that kind of hybrid model because we often see them as quite separate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, botanic gardens are passive, but but for a reason, mm. um, because of the living collections. But that value of, of just green space, um, 
at the, botanic gardens have that as, as well. But that's that's kind of the, the, the distinction between a park and a botanic garden mm. is that um, uh, Fitzroy Gardens, for example, is looks superficially if you look at Fitzroy Gardens, it's very similar to the great know, structures, elements of yeah. um, of the Melbourne Gardens. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful, um, beautiful trees, beautiful you know, trees, really well, really well maintained. Mm. Um, uh, beautiful space, mm. but what it, the difference is that, the, it, that those dot points, all of the dot points, there's a public enjoyment, recreation, beauty, all of that stuff is mm. is, is there in spades, mm. but there's not necessarily those collections that sit mm. behind it. So, that, but I guess the, that back to that definition, there's there's additional layers mm. beyond the the beauty and the amenity, and there's an opportunity, I would say. Um, you know, and the difference for me, being a manager of horticulture, is that there is that opportunity for botanical horticulture, yeah. mm. which, mm. which um, again, uh, is becoming less and less of an opportunity for many people as yeah. we, uh, I don't know, don't provide or don't kind of um, uphold it as being, you know, an an excellent like one career opportunity, but also a lifelong skills. Um, technical knowledge, expertise in, yep. in growing stuff. Yep. Mm. Just, you know, you can't – that is uh, probably an integral part of botanic garden and botanic garden staff. Yeah, yeah. C- We've just spoken about this before, c- haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Critical mass of just plant nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, we've got a manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is a pleasure, I've got to say. Oh, absolutely. The diversity of, of people, you know, uh, or, you know uh, the team that I work with. Yeah, and always has to be collaborative. is um, is uh, is incredible. I, th- I think that's one of the things I was thinking about it on the way in. What drew me into this kind of career of botanic gardens, and a lot of it was luck, and a lot of it was being in the right place at the right time. But then I think you know I did do a couple of short stints on contracts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne, and I think that critical mass that you talk about, it's just being surrounded by people that are just so engaged and passionate about what they do yeah. and it's 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 it, it's in every conversation you know it's and it's and it's socially and 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 professionally it's it's what they're about mm. and 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 I think that's a pretty amazing gift to be given that that's that's the work you do you yeah. know yeah. um it's sort of the, it's not just shared interest in what you're doing in work but it's shared values as well mm, and, and when yeah. I was at the gardens uh, one of the things that I loved was we had a little veggie patch. When that veggie patch with salad leaves and whatever was in it was had enough in it, we had salad day. Everyone bring in an ingredient <laughs> from their home garden or yep. someone bring in parmesan or something and we'd just have this, you know, whatever salads. Choose and, salad know, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... Compost bins, you know, in the lunchroom. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a value for me in the workplace. That's what I want. Yeah, it is about... And you share those things with the people that you're working <clears throat> with in these spaces. Yeah, there's a strong sense of working for a... There's a purpose. There's mm. a cause. Yeah. There's a strong sense of... Of, of, of the of, altruism as well. Yeah. I would say it's, you know, it, that comes across as being, like you say, you're doing it for something greater than yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, yeah. To, um, it, it is very collegiate in that sense. And, and, you know, again, that's when you come to the discussions that can be challenging as well, when you have people have differing ideas. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got to be like this, but hang on, we've always done it this way. Why can't we you know, merge and do these two things together? So it's, uh, I, I guess, and we probably all agree with this, it's that constant challenge of how we do things and the continued curiosity that, yeah. that allows us to, 
you know, keep tweaking, altering and changing. And that's what look, plants and gardens are anyway. They surprise us every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, uh, this leads into, or no, go, going back to a previous conversation, we've had a text message come in from a listener already saying the Northcote Golf Course was in the news this week with locals um, activating, uh, what's, the, what's the other word? Um, protesting, protesting. You had a kind of banner, yeah, kind of hand in yeah, yeah. um, Activism, um, activism, um, to for them to be able to maintain the use, not just for golfers, but yeah. for people walking around. So I mm. hope they, I hope they get up. Yeah, Pe- people power, people power. Yes, it's good. So yeah. that list already has our text um, phone number. I'm going to give that out again, or no, I'm going to open up the phone lines. Um, if you want to call in and, and share your botanic garden stories with us today, but if you do have a regular gardening question, don't be shy. Give us a call. We'll have a go. Test, test us out. Yeah, test like us that. out. <laughs> uh, those <laughs> numbers are 94190155 to call up and uh, speak to Doug. He'll put you through to us in the studio. The text line is 0488 you can contact us other ways as well. We are on Facebook and we are on Instagram under 3CR Gardening Show, uh, which is where we send photos of the plants that we uh, talk about each week. If you're a podcaster or you catch up later, or the show is on all the podcasting apps. And if you have any questions or photos that you want to send in to us, you can send us an email and the address is gardening at 3cr.org.au. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name is Chloe Foster. We have a special theme today. It's bot- we are celebrating botanic gardens. I have Claire Hart and John Arnott, managers of horticulture at Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne and Cranbourne, respectively, and Tex Moon, the ranger team leader at the Dandenong Rangers Botanic Gardens and all the other open gardens up in the Dandenong Rangers. Yeah, we'd love Ooh. to hear your botanic garden anecdotes, um, your stories, stories of botanic gardens. First time you went, when you went as a as a child, you know why or, you came back. Or your lockdown stories, yeah. or lockdown yeah. stories, botanic gardens. <laughs> favorite tree in your botanic well, garden. Well, I was going to yeah. ask that question because <laughs> it's like we're five year old plant nuts <clears throat> talking yes. about your fifth favorite dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, favorite tree in botanic garden. What is it? You can go first, John. <laughs> Favourite tree in, in a botanic garden. Um, I, I, this is going to seem a bit odd. It's, no, it's not going to seem odd. It's the Tristaniopsis um, oh, at the Royal Botanic Gardens. I, I was Melbourne. thinking about that one as the, well. The one that has, the, is allowed to grow to its own canopy. Yeah, you never lateral, see them like that. Lateral, beautiful yeah. bark. It's yep. just a gorgeous tree. It must have yep. been planted a long time. Yeah, ago. there's there's two. And, and, there are two. Um, yeah. So they they look like they've been coppiced. So that's where you're getting that mm. um, the growth from. So um, hard to keep people off them because they are super yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Would they have been like multi-stemmed? Was it a bit yeah. very yeah. multi? Yeah, yeah. 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 Which well, you don't see anymore with trees. I, I actually I don't know if they were multi-stemmed or whether they were just um, pruned that way. I mean, you know, we, we we've got years and years and years of different pruning techniques that mm. we, we find out sometimes uh, decades later. Oh, gee, that was a, you know, maybe that branch. Um, failed or dropped because of the pruning cut that was underneath or something mm. like that. So, but it, do, it does have that sprawling, that's stunning. Sprawling. Yeah. yeah, almost like a snow gum. Yeah, almost like yes. a snow gum. Similar, yes. similar habit to a snow gum. Yeah. And and I think 
Tristaniopsis, I think, is inherently diverse because I, I think there's yes. a little fine leaf form which mm. grows around cabbage tree in Victoria, which is like a, a almost like a shrub. Yeah, gorgeous. Mm. And there's this big rambling thing. And mm. used um, as a street tree as well. Used, and yeah, used as a street tree. Yeah, yeah. but th- I think that'd be up there for me. Oh, that's a stunner. We have to actually made a little sign because people were carving into it a oh. lot, yeah. and so the sign was literally saying, "Look, you know, um, hi." You know, I had to kind of personalise a bit and just say, hi, I'm, you know, um, Tristaniopsis Marino or Watergum, um, or, you know, that's my common name. Um, every time you mark my bark, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're allowing yeah. pest and disease in. So pretty much the byline at the end was keep your love in your heart, not on my bark. <laughs> <laughs> and it has worked. Oh, it has nice. really? Yeah, and the ARB team love it. So, oh, that's know. fantastic. I'm but really it's, glad it's that's worked. little pop-up temp sign yeah, just, nice. just because we had quite a bit of damage. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Text. Favourite tree? Well, it is a, it's a huge question, but I do think of one that captivated me in sort of the start of my career, apprentice horticulture, and I went up to Brisbane when I was 21, and I, I think that... South Bank kind of botanic garden area of Brisbane is, is that precinct is amazing. And there's the ficus bengalensis there, the banyan fig, which nice. yeah. just, as I say, just captivated me. And, and it really well interpreted. It's this huge tree there, but a baby compared to what they grow in, in the wild. Yeah. And um, an incredibly uh, a sacred tree for Indian people. And, nice. and But, the, you know, it's just one of those great figs that has all the aerial roots you can walk right into it and yes but there's a whole lot of people that have etched their names into 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 it as well well. but but just i was just thinking about this the other night and i think that was one of those moments that i thought oh my god this is yeah this is what i want to do kind of thing so so as much the experience as the tree but um but yeah that's uh that that's up there for me Claire, just we've got a caller coming in, but I'll what just about you? super quick because I've multiple trees yeah, because I've worked in the tree area, and <laughs> mm. I'm just going to say Agathis robusta. Mm. Oh, you love yes, the bark. I say that too. I named my cat after you know, uh, uh, well, her name is Agathis, but well, Aggie, yeah. but AKA you know, she's off her cool cat face, but uh, Agathis robusta. So yeah, yep. there you go. Nice. My favourite is the Agathis robusta. The cones, the gardens, yeah. yeah. Which is a botanic garden. It is a botanic yeah. garden. Okay. My yes. arms don't fit around half of the yeah. trees. Yeah. Oh, it blows my mind. There you go. Hey, yeah. can I have another? <laughs> no. The ginkgo, Only one. The, the ginkgo of the Geelong Botanic Garden. Oh, we've got to say oh, that. We, we yeah. have a caller. Yeah, we do have what a caller. What about the taxodium? And I, I will say, if there's any representatives of botanic gardens that are listening, call us call in today in. and tell us what you've got going on. We've got our prime example here. Good morning to John Bentley. Oh, hello, John. Hey. From... Hello, everyone. Hello, John. Where are you from? Well, I'm not sure if the the West stops at uh, Footscray, but uh, (laughs) the second best botanic garden in Victoria is out west. Uh, that's that's very true. Yes. And, uh, well, it wasn't you, in my five Ks, John. Is that, so. is that Ballarat you're talking? <laughs> sorry, sorry, John. No, the, uh, the outer western suburbs. Are, I've been yes. a few tourist things, and sometimes they do think um, uh, the West stops at the Latte Line round about Newport and Fray. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can have a great experience coming out to the Melton Botanic Garden today. Um, we've got. Um, the Lions Club of Beckers Marsh are running their train as the guided tours, and uh, we've got plant sales and uh, the Greater Western Community Band are playing from about quarter to twelve to about one thirty. Fantastic! And the CWA ladies are serving refreshments, 
and uh, there's lots of other great things to see. And today on National Botanic Gardens Day, we're launching the Melton Botanic Garden Garden Explorer, which is an online website, and you can look at it on your phone or mobile device, and you can look up the plants in the garden, the features, um, find out where things are, and eventually what sort of tours and self-guided tours we have on. That's fan- uh, that's fantastic, John. The, yeah. the Melton Botanic Gardens really is it's um, it's a real showpiece. Mm. It, it, I don't know. I think it's. I, I spoke to John. <clears throat> was it this week, John? It um, was this week. <laughs> I, I, it, it, I, I was doing a, a, a launch of a, a, a plant society, Australian plant society group out at Cardinia, and, and just wanted to reflect on what makes um, some of these member-based environmental groups work tick. Mm. And of, of course, I tapped into the Melton Botanic Gardens because it's just this huge success story. It, it, uh, is it? It's funded by council, but completely. Um, all of the services are delivered by volunteers. Is that right, John? Well, it's it's on council land. There's mm-hmm. um, about 26 to 27 hectares. Um, we do get um, $35,000 from council per year, which runs out in next year's budget. Uh, so um, we're running on a shoestring, but we seek funding like we're uh, just applying for a Queen's Jubilee tree planting grant of $20,000. Uh, we revegetated around the small lake with a $20,000 uh, federal government grant we got the other year. We've had land care grants. We got a federal government grant for the Bush Foods Garden um, to do the eucalyptus arboretum. We got a Dial Trust grant and a very large uh, uh, Western Plains uh, grant. So it's with, fair to uh, say you got a great, great grant writer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think his initials are J. Your good self. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we did we did coin the phrase sort of people power just before, and I think Melton's such a good example of of uh, of that. Yeah, well, we've had and Jane Edmondson as um, our patron has been a fantastic supporter. Uh, we've um, through her generosity, we've now got a big sign facing the freeway saying Melton Botanic Garden. Oh, I did I see that. that. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this way. John, all the best for Botanic Gardens Day today and thank you for calling in and hopefully you get a a big turn up to your events. Yeah, I've got got to rush off now. We've got to start setting up. All right, so thanks very much. Thanks, John. Good job. We had a text message come in uh, saying from a listener saying, I have a new life goal and it's to visit one of the 90 botanic gardens in Australia. Where can I source a list from? Uh, We have a list for you. It's on the BGANS website. So Botanic Gardens Day is run by uh, an organisation, a supportive body uh, called BGANS, which is Botanic Gardens of Australia and New Zealand. Their website is BGANS, so bganz.org.au. There is um, a link on the website uh, where you can find your nearest botanic garden. So if you jump on the web there, it lists all the botanic gardens across Australia and New Zealand and uh, a few in the Asia-Pacific region as well. Yeah. And, and uh, th- there are additional gardens to that as well. They're, they're, they're the member gardens. They're the people that have signed, mm. up, signed up as members. Yeah. Um, uh, but in Victoria, oh, I don't know, that, as we mentioned, there's just this... If you just think about Melbourne, so we've got Melbourne, Dandenong, Maranoa, yes. Kawara up in the hills, yep. Yep. St Kilda, yep. Melton, Williamstown, Williamstown, yep. Berwick, Wilson, Berwick, yep. 
Wilson Tonic Gardens. Frankston? Yep. Yeah, George Pentland, yep. yeah. And if you just go out a little bit further, you've got your Malmesbury, you've got your Kite and you've got your Castle Maine. <laughs> Gisborne. Yeah, you've got your Gisborne. And clearly, Melton is going to put some highlights then, around there. And then, and then we're in the goldfields. We've got uh, Ballarat, Bendigo, Castle Maine. <laughs> so he's about to start rapping. <laughs> <laughs> and then Western District. You've got your, you know, you've got your camper down, Nicole, like you're vulnerable. <laughs> and oh, what's that other little one? Um, There's Caroit. Ca- Corroit, that's Port, it. Port Port Ferry. Not Corroit. Port Ferry. But um, Port Portland. Hamilton. Portland, yeah. Warrnambool. Mildura. Mildura. Mildura has a beautiful Horsham. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hall's Gap. Hall's Gap. What about Shep? Shepparton. Shepparton. Yep. Uh, Uroa. Uh, <laughs> now, if we miss anyone, people are going to be yeah, like, no, really no, down no. on us. Um, <laughs> Benella, Albury. Uh, yeah. uh, Sale. Oh, Sale. Sail. Sail. Oops, that would have been. Sail. No, that's, that one. Say that again. Sail between the guns. Sail what between a cracker. What yeah. a cracker. Uh, another mm. text message from a 3CR listener saying, thanks to the friends of Williamtown, Williamstown Botanic Gardens for introducing them to 3CR Gardening Show. Beautiful. So that's good. Thanks for texting in. Um, we do have another caller. Great. And we must say good morning to Margot. Are you still there? Thanks for waiting. I, I am. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so that is a familiar voice, Margot. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, so lovely to hear you talk about the Botanic Gardens. Now, uh, this is, may not know, but I'm up in the Macedon Rangers Shire where we actually have three Botanic Gardens in our Shire. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm just ringing to ask uh, for some support. I am with the Friends Group who there's only like three of us left and we're all ageing. And there's no one to fight for our botanic gardens up here. Um, we're just at a loss of what to do. We've got a 10-year plan drawn up by Andrew Laidlaw. Mm-hmm. Now, that was 12 years ago, if not more. Mm-hmm. And not one thing has been done on that plan because the botanic gardens are run by council mm. and they don't care. And they, they wholeheartedly offer it on their website. What a wonderful place to visit for tourists. But nothing else is done. Now, can you believe this? They have three full-time gardeners for the whole of the Macedon Rangers Shire. Yep. So there's very few hours allocated to any of the three botanic gardens for its care or development. Mm. Yeah. And uh, there's none of those things. The only thing in that list of things that you reeled out about what Botan- Botanic Gardens stand for is pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, we have so many visitors, but there's nothing else going on. Mm. So um, we just... I can't get through to council. I've written letters. Mm. I've attended meetings. You know, sorry to put it down. No, 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 not at all. Uh, no, it's, a, it's an excellent point. And it's a general yeah. challenge for a lot yeah. of Botanic Gardens. Look, Margot, I think that's where, that's where BGANs can come in and, and support advocate for and, um, you know, provide some, some, some hopefully some guidance and inspiration. It's, it's not an uncommon story. Um, and, and really that's the purpose of this network mm. is to support regional botanic gardens in being regional botanic gardens. Mm. Um, you know, councils are, um, you know, the business of council is, you know, it's uh, that whole range of services from... Uh, um, could be, yeah, all the community Sorry, staff, or could be brain fog, your, your brain fog. I mean, people roads like to say your roads, your rubbish, roads your rates, rubbish. all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. However, 
you know, that doesn't mean that uh, there can't be more of a focus. And I think it, what, what really needs to happen is someone in council to take it on as, as being one of those advocates that, that continues to bring it up when, particularly budget time, when yeah, it's being yeah, allocated exactly. to a range of different services. But again, um, it's, and from a council perspective, I guess it is an asset. It's an appreciating asset. So often, you know, things like roads are depreciating. You have to keep replacing them, whatever. Whereas, you know, gardens are one of those things that just continue to grow um, in, uh, you know, in value. Um, and like yeah. you say, it's, it's used as a, a very strong um, reason to come and visit the, the region. Um, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but basically someone kind of needs to be in there. So it's one of those councillors yeah, well, that needs to advocate. I, you need champions, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I, no, 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 I think we should be trying to get a curator yep. that can mm. overlook the, the three botanic gardens because they're all going downhill. And, um, you know, uh, the friends group for the uh, Malmesbury one mm. has just, you know, got together and knuckled down and done a plan for its development. Brilliant. But again, it's going to sit there for another 10 years. The yep. council will put it on their website as, you know, that's what's happening. As a success, yeah. yeah. But, but nothing, nothing Ma- at all is happening. Margot, I, I actually think um, that this would be a terrific um, seminar uh, for for the for, for the Begans group to celebrate to to to, to uh, facilitate, because I'm I'm reflecting on um, the Geelong Botanic Gardens as a success story, the Sale Botanic Gardens as a success story, mm-hmm. the Shepparton Gardens, the Melton Gardens, yeah. the Bendigo Gardens. There's a there's a did you say Williamstown? Did you say that first? Yeah. Um, no, no. Williamstown. But, great, but there's a great whole bunch of gardens too. that are that have um, that were stuck. Mm that and are now really progressing and really progressive and doing some fantastic things. Mm. Yep. Um, and, you know, it'd be maybe sharing some of those, how, how, did, how did that happen? Mm. Um, yep. So I, I think uh, uh, gaining support from your local government authority or something like that, or, or working with council for... So, sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a foggy brain this morning, but um, but but to put that on the table as a as a seminar topic, um, as I think it'd be a really interesting thing for us to do mm. as a network because you, you're not alone. There are a yeah, number yeah. of gardens that are actually struggling is, to, to find resources. Yeah, I would agree, and I'm, I'm going to say this is going to sound counterintuitive, but a big plan is sometimes something that council great that looks amazing. Yes, you know, great, we've done the plan now. It can sit on a shelf. Sometimes it's smaller, bite-sized um, actions, and that could be like a tree planting, yeah. you know, getting that engagement via, you know, I'm not just, you know, suggesting that, hey, you know, because we tend to get a whole lot of folk who plant tree and get a, a, um, a memorial around it. That's not necessarily the thing, no, but no, no. sometimes it's the smaller actions that can start to, yeah. um, you know, bring on that change, and I'd say Melton's a great example of yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely, just Claire. Oh, they, totally. they focus on small, well, not necessarily small, but projects and what's something that they can do. The council can give them X amount of money to do this thing. Yep. And they Achievable can chunks of yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Can... well, we, the friends group here at Kyneton used to be really active and then someone got an idea, you know, oh, h and it's not safe for them. They might hurt their fingers mm. or blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then they've got this head gardener of the three of the gardeners that are there and every time you ring him... It's just, oh, no, we can't, it's not safe, and I don't want you touching that. And, and it's that sort of attitude. Everything's negative. Mm. And I rang him last Monday to say, is there anything happening for Botanic Gardens Week? And he said, oh, is it this week, is it? Mm, so yeah. it mm. just indicates the interest in the gardens. There's none. 
It's a, it's an, it's an, that's, it is an interesting challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and look, that's, uh, look, I think there's, there's a couple. We'll take that on as a, as a yeah. Began's network meeting when and if we can meet again. And yeah. probably one thing I would add, and I don't know if it's time to talk about it now, but the Botanic Gardens Conservation International Congress that's coming up in September. Um, there will be, um, we're going to launch a, what is a landscape succession toolkit, which is essentially a way of, um, and actions great and small for all botanic gardens. So it is a general guide, um, to, to moving, to, to, you know, moving your garden towards, uh, a, you know, future proofing it in a way for, um, you know, warmer, drier climate, et cetera. But, but in that, there's a whole lot of little things that can be, you know, undertaken to to um, to achieve those uh, those outcomes. So, just look out for things like that as well. And yeah, it, and it, it's a it's a good one, Margot. I, I I can see a, a workshop which is about understanding the benefits and and the contribution that botanic gardens can make. Yeah, for, for and those then, in power and mm, to get someone to care for them. Yeah, mm. and then reconciling them on. and then reconciling the identifying the challenges and reconciling yeah. them. And I think yeah. that'll be a cracking workshop yeah. topic. Yeah, on ground actions. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Margot. Right. Margot, thanks, Margot. Thanks for calling Thank in. You. Keep at it. Okay. Good point. All right. We'll bye see bye. you soon for the radiothon. <laughs> bye, Margo. Yes, we will. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> see ya. Um, another text message uh, that came in a little bit earlier, um, the listener who's involved with the Friends of Williamstown's Williamstown Botanic Gardens uh, said they grew up in Caulfield. Their two favourite botanic gardens that are very close to their heart and their living area is the St Kilda Botanic Gardens yep. as well as Williamstown. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah. St Kilda Botanic Gardens is a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're really, really lovely. Nice. Really lovely. Uh, we have our next caller. We must welcome a special fan of Botanic Gardens, and that is Jackie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm beaming in from Newport on um, Bunwarung Country, nice. and yeah, my local botanic garden is the Williamstown Botanic Garden. But I was, I was going to say, I've been just loving the conversation, and I. I loved it when you started listing all these botanic gardens <laughs> in Victoria and I've made a, a kind of a rough list of the, of the ones I've visited and I, I fall into that plant nut category. <laughs> <laughs> and I've come up with um, 19 in Victoria and 11 in state. So there's, if there's 90 gardens around Australia, I've, I've still got a, a way to go. That's a good percentage. Did, did, more to the point, did we miss any? <laughs> <laughs> And um, I was—I've been writing, listening while I've been writing down things while I've been listening. And when you mentioned um, the fa- favourite garden in the uh, Royal Melbourne Botanic Gardens, uh, Tristaniopsis, I yeah. didn't know its name, and so I looked it up. And it's my favourite tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, uh, ja- Jackie. What attracts you to to be a, a, a botanic garden um, a file, if that's a thing? Uh, <laughs> Quite hard to put into words because I think my feelings for plants and gardens, um, forests—it's—it's it's, it's sort of out of the realm of language. It's—it's it's oh, wow. I I um, I've just come back from Western Australia and uh, cut a long story short, my my travelling partner he um, was tested positive the day after we arrived, oh, and so that congratulations. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> And my, one of the things I wanted to do was visit the um, King's Park Botanic Garden. Yeah. I, I 
felt so miserable. I thought it's not happening. Mm. Um, but we did manage to, to get there. And as we pulled up in the car park, in the little hire car, honestly, my heart just starts to race. I, <laughs> I, don't, know, I don't know what it is. I get out of the car. I, I tear up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go straight to the bank for your collection. <laughs> um, I take lots of photos, which I put on my Facebook feed, especially for my friends overseas, because I know they will look at those plants. Uh, oh, and um, a couple of the eucalypts were flowering too. The, nice. The uh, rosemary, the rhodanthus. Yep. Oh, and, um, stunning. I just know when they switch on their feed and have a browse, they're going to go, oh, my God, look at those Australian plants. It, it, yeah. That sense of anticipation when you visit a garden, when you come to the gate, I, yeah. I, that's a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And that's... Um, Oh, it's, and sometimes it's not, um, well, uh, as I said, uh, my local is the Williamstown Botanic Gardens, and it's not plants in particular. It's the, the whole effect, and I love small gardens and gardens that embrace you. I mean, I love the big ones with the swing mm. lawns as well, but um, when you come into Williamstown, you go through, um, uh, well, you've got several gates you can choose from. But if you go to the main gates, you're instantly in a in a maze of uh, little paths that call back on themselves. And we've been so lucky to keep the gravel paths. Mm. So there's this crunch, crunch, crunch as, mm. you, as you walk. And also it's um, full of birds. It's always full of birds. So it can be a cacophony when you... The minute you step through that gate, you're in a, oh, well, I'm going to say magical world. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's the... The feeling, the feeling mm. of it. And, uh, yeah, oh, and I, I, I've got to mention the children's garden at the a Melbourne Botanic yeah, Garden. It's fantastic. Um, I walked in there and the first time I just burst into tears, really, didn't I? Mm. Oh, beautiful. It's not just for children. So beautiful. No. <laughs> No, and I think I think there's for me, you know, there's the other like really kind of simple things where I know Melbourne, you know, on a stinking hot day, you can walk in there and immediately feel the the climate mm. cool, you know, as you as do. you w- walk in, and it's you know, so the, being a haven for you know, just as I say, cooling cities, but also just being a pleasant spot to be on those days is mm. an amazing yeah. part of it because of the trees. So. And we actually haven't um, met. No, please go, Jackie. Oh, I was just going to say, one of the um, the people watching in the Botanic Garden <laughs> can also be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all ages, all walks of life. And, um, you know, watching children is, uh, it can be very, very moving. I, I watch children playing um, under the root of the Moreton Bay figs in the Warrnambool Botanic Garden. Yep. And they were just in another zone. And, one day when I was walking through the children's botanic garden, um, in the, the children's garden, I saw a fairy, you know, and she was, she had, she'd been playing in that uh, little wet creek Real. area and had soggy undies. And, you know, obviously, obviously the beer fairies had taken her clothes off, so she's just in a soggy undies. And when she saw me come up, she froze. And I, I thought, I'm not supposed to see her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a wonderful thing. And if you get down at child's height and look, I mean, that bamboo forest is a forest. Mm. It's brilliant. Yeah. Jackie, I think but, you, you, yeah. you're touching on 
um, botanic gardens as places for families, but you're also really touching on that role of botanic gardens for well-being. Mm. Yeah. And we haven't really mentioned that to date, but you know, just that sense of well-being that you can get in being in yeah. green space and, mm. and you know. Yeah, and 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 I walked in at my gardens early one morning, and um, there was a seat, and on the seat was an empty can of beer, and around on the ground was what looked like a full packet of cigarette butts, and I. I don't know. I, I didn't make me angry. I, I I thought someone someone sitting here just having a beer and going yep. through a packet of cigarettes, and uh, someone else can clean it up, and nothing needs to be said. Um, something some someone's experienced something here, and I suspect it was probably quite melancholy. Mm. And they came to the gardens, and um, and I thought <laughs> the poet in me. Yeah. I mean, it's a good yeah, point as well. And, yeah, because the, um, I guess the gardens are a place that you can visit by yourself, quite happily, yeah. be engaged, um, and not feel that you're, you know, not part of a larger family group or not with friends or whatever. It is very much you can do a self-guided mm. journey. You can be there, you know, on your own terms for whatever reason. So yeah. they do welcome you in that um, sense as an individual, um, as a family, as a, as a greater group, as a bigger community group as well. So it's yeah, a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can accommodate. Yeah, I've got to say sorry that the cigarette butts bug me, but nonetheless, <laughs> that's my role. Yeah, yeah, that, well, I must say, I, I did pick them all up. But I think, <laughs> gosh, now post-COVID, well, not post Maybe just pop them in the can would have been a good one. <laughs> what I, I did, I picked them up and popped them Oh, that's them very kind of you. What, <laughs> Would I do that? Yes, I probably still would, and then I'd, I'd wash my hands. But um, yeah, so anyone, my three three favourite gardens in the West are you've also mentioned them, Melton, absolutely stunning. I love them. Uh, I make sure I go every year, or if not more, just uh, to see it. And um, the Geelong Botanic Gardens and the Ginkgo, of course, mm. and the blackbirds—they go off um, yeah. <laughs> in the Geelong Botanic Garden. And today, our friends group is um, putting on all sorts of activities for the cups of tea. There'll be no cigarettes. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all right. That's yeah, and I'm going to be correctly. down there with my little display table. Um, in recent times, we had a project to um, create uh, the story around the Wardian case, and the local no, yeah. Hobson's Bay men's shed has made us a replica case. How wonderful. And Yeah, yeah. And together with my friend... Um, Lorraine Callow, who we'll be speaking to later on, we've created a story for the case to interpret that, and I'll be there with the, the case, the vasculum, my flower press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole other show, um, isn't it? Plant yeah. collecting. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how wonderful, Jackie. Jackie, yeah. thank you so much for calling in and sharing those stories with us. Um, sounds like there's a few things going on at Williamstown Botanic Gardens today so if you live in that area please head down there Uh, and thanks again for calling in Jackie we'll talk to you soon thank you thank you for listening to my tale oh we love you thank you thank you so much bye for now okay bye Uh, you are listening to the 3CR gardening show it's our special botanic garden celebration day I have Claire Hart and John Arnott of the Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria in the studio with me and Tex Moon the ranger team leader at Dandenong Rangers Botanic Gardens. If you want to call in and share your botanic garden stories with us or ask us any question you need, the number is 94190155. Our text message line is 0488 809 855. We're on the socials, Facebook and Instagram. 
If you missed the start of the show because you slept in, I don't blame you, but you can podcast the show on any <laughs> podcasting app that you can get your hands on. If you have a question for us and you don't want to call in uh, or if you've got some photos that you want to send, you can email us, and that is gardening at 3cr.org.au. Um, we do have a special caller uh, coming in hopefully soon, uh, so stay tuned to the gardening show. Um, we've had another text message come in as well um, saying the George Pentland Botanic Garden in Frankston, which is behind their public hospital. Yeah. Mm. Um, they love it, but they want some more access to it. Okay. So pass that feedback on, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so access in, as in additional gates? or yeah. The thing with the George Pentland Garden that I haven't quite been able to work out, because it's right next to the Frankston Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it seems to have almost turned its back on the hospital rather than sort of engage engage for yeah. the for the hospital. Mm. Um, and I'm just wondering whether that might relate to to that as well. I happened to drop into the Pentland Gardens. Um, I happened to drop into the Pentland Gardens uh, during the week, and um, it's a great great little garden. Mm. It's, it's a former golf course. Yeah, I was going to say it's an old golf course. Yeah. Stunning uh, brachychite and um, Acerifolium, Acerifolias. I'm sorry, somebody correct the me there. The Illawarra Flame. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember it was one of the first times I, I, um, I saw one there in absolutely, I'm going to say full flight, yeah. but <laughs> what, what I mean is full flower yeah. and uh, just stunning, just um, really, you know, doing its thing, that, that strong s- contrast. Yeah, they are absolutely stunning tree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, yeah, it's a really nice, really nice garden. Um, and, and and again, one of those hidden gems. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. hidden gems. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the ones that got big time discovered during mm. lockdowns. Yeah, I would have said so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And now going back to lockdowns, one of the big <laughs> things that I found about um, Melbourne Gardens or just um, all botanic gardens is the ability mm-hmm. you could actually travel during lockdown because you were visiting a garden that. For example, with Melbourne, there's over 190 different uh, countries represented. Right, so, yeah. you know, you could literally go to New Zealand or Bolivia. southern China or yeah. South Africa or, <laughs> yeah, you know, or a beautiful Australian forest walk. And likewise, you know, Danong Ranges, yeah. you know, where and in all those cool climate areas you could go in the world. And then Cranbourne as well. It's yeah. like across Australia, really in the one space. Yeah, absolutely. So the travel component to me is yeah. like... Absolutely. That, that's what you can do in a day. Yeah. 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 Uh, we've had another text message come in saying, you haven't mentioned the wonderful Dalesford Botanic Gardens on Wombat Hill. <laughs> oh. and it's magnificent oh. friends group. So yeah. We knew we'd miss one, but <laughs> yeah. that is a fantastic garden. That is yeah. a beautiful garden. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did we miss? Dalesford. Oh, Dalesford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Dalesford>. got in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> they are, yeah, beautiful up there. They are. And some plants that are used to some cold weather. Yeah. 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 That's the, this time of year. Yeah. That's, you know, when those more kind of cool climb um, botanic gardens come into their own. Yep. For a lot of different reasons. Miss Dalesford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we must welcome a very special guest to the show. Uh, the man needs no introduction, really. Uh, to me, he is Australia's gardening version of Beyonce. He has one name. We don't need to say his surname. I must say good morning to Costa from Gardening Australia. I think I'll have to break into a tune. Yeah, that's a say. I keep, that that's exactly you had an earworm now. Welcome to the 3CR Gardening Show. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, look, it's an absolute treat. And if I could turn radio into television and show you where I am, uh, I think you'd all be drooling, A, because 
It's nice and warm. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at an incredibly lush um, setting here in the Cairns Botanic Garden. Uh, yeah, uh, gotcha. The light, the light is filtering through, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just about to to do a little bit of a, a live cross with um, with the the, um, the curator up here, uh, Charles Clark, and and uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I've had a little bit of a, a preview wander through the conservatory, and oh god. It looks unbelievable. Are you up there for Botanic Gardens Day, Costa? Yeah, exactly. Um, that was my uh, my opportunity. I, I, I'm here. There's a big eco-fiesta that happens every year up here in Cairns, and uh, that was on this day, and I thought, well, that's perfect because that gives me the opportunity to come to the gardens and have a wander around, and, and we teed up to, to meet Charles, and, and uh, he's going to lead a bit of a tour that I'll uh, I'll broadcast out on the socials um, in a little while, which is which is really uh, going to be great. You should see oh, you should see some of these tassel ferns. I reckon I'll have trouble fitting one in the uh, overhead baggage, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hopefully he won't notice. Although I'm thinking, Costa, that you probably use that beard as a bit of seed collecting as well. So just brush past whatever it is that you like, and off you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'll become this nice vector of uh, all things cans uh, on, on the road ahead. I going to do a nod to Cooktown Botanic Gardens as well, which I know is only a short skip hop and uh, probably a three-hour drive <laughs> yeah. north further. But uh, again, what a great little um, botanic garden uh, all over the place. But I just know that that's a, um, that's a good one to have visited there as well as cans. Costa, tell yeah. us how you're involved with the Botanic Gardens Network Group. I've been really fortunate because it, it all sort of kicked in around 2016, I think, when the idea of the Botanic Gardens Day was was set up, and um, John and and the, the coordinating committee asked me if I'd I'd take on the ambassadorship with uh, with Jack over in New Zealand, and mm. since then we've just um, each each year you know promoted it and and, and gotten out and about and. And just talked about the reality that gardens are so much more than just what you see front of house, and and there's so many people involved. And for me, it, it was just a no-brainer. And and then and then uh, last year we thought, well, why don't we we make it a, a little bit more than just the, the day, the Sunday? And and the idea was was floated to to run some seminars, and and the committee sorts of really good. Um, Speakers. So over the last four Thursday nights, I've been fortunate enough to host these conversations. Mm. Um, the first one was on, you know, um, science communication and mm. how gardens get information out. Then we went into plant hunting. Then we went into rare and, and unusual plants and carnivorous plants. And then last week we had the paleobotany and, and um, gondwana. And wow. That, that mm. was a spectacular yeah. finish. So, With David Cantrell. Wasn't that a, mm. an extraordinary... It was mind-blowing, yeah. really. The... Oh, da- David's, um, David's talk, like, I, I was just fascinated by the responses coming through. Um, people were so engaged with it, and there was just hundreds and hundreds of um, uh, comments, and that's, that's really how... Um, any kind of oh, there's a young child a bit upset that uh, 
they they couldn't get inside. The, um, <laughs> I heard him in I'm the just background. Away. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just walking to a slightly quieter location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David David's talk was was incredible. Um, whether you're into into plants a little bit or a, a lot, um, he, he was so incredibly engaging, and everyone was everyone showed that in the comments and the and the, and the exchange. And uh, it was really good. The general public can access, everyone can access these webinars because they were recorded, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. They're all out, out there on um, they're on U- YouTube and yep. on my social media and then also on LinkedIn as well. So we sort of put them out on uh, on multiple platforms. So if people aren't on social media, they can they can get hold of it and, and watch it um, that way. And, and what's the name of your YouTube channel where people can access it? Uh, that's uh, Costa's world. Yeah, Costa's right. world. Perfect. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to go back through the um, through, through the comments and pick out I don't know a half a dozen of the the, the 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 best comments. There was a really beautiful, beautiful. It wasn't beautiful. It was funny um, when the folks from Canberra were talking about orchids, terrestrial orchids, yeah. and they were saying that there's more terrestrial orchids in Canberra. So there was this focus on Canberra and ter- terrestrial orchids. Mm. But it was about deception, um, sexual deception in in, in orchids and mimicry. And, and mimicry. Yeah. And someone someone in the chat put in deception and lies in Canberra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beauty. Uh, so Some of those comments, John. People over the four weeks, you know, lots of people. You know, people just came back each week, and and they just got so quirky in their responses, particularly when there was an angle like that. And I think. It, may, it just reminded me of one of those comments that came up. Uh, ground truth. Ground truth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought ground truth was was a really. Um, oh, it was just such a, a, a plausible, you know, approachable way to think about things when when uh, when ground truth was thrown up. I was I was taking notes in each of them like a like a little ferret, just going, <laughs> "Oh, quick, quick, take a note here, take a note there," and that's. That's really what we wanted, and I, I was saying to John on the phone the other day, like when you see the shares and the comments, then that's really why we've done that mm. whole series because mm. every comment, let alone every share, tells you that people aren't just going, "Oh yeah, this is all right." They're going, "Actually, I'm going to hang on this and I'll share it out because I, I'm I've got skin in the game." And and you know, from a botanic gardens point of view, from a horticulture point of view, from a gardening point of view, from a point of view of connecting people to plants and country, I, I think it's been a, a wonderful addition to to the, the whole Botanic Gardens Day suite, let's say. Yeah, no, yeah. really high quality in, engagement. And I think um, that's what we do best as horticulturists. We're um, great at sharing information. There is absolutely no use in holding on to that info. No. The whole point is like, oh, what did you grow? Well, how did it grow? And literally from over the fence to larger gardens, to botanic gardens, to you know that greater um, growing of plants across the globe. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and the uh, the uh, the amorphophallus, the yeah. the, the titum li- li- lily, titum arum, that yeah. was that was also just exceptional, wasn't it? Oh, look, I mean, that story with Matt, uh, they're the they're the kind of um, well, they are the Beyonce plants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they draw putting, people in. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. And and if 
we, we need to use that stuff because yeah. otherwise, you know, people are, we're, we're living in such contested media and information grounds. Mm. People are bombarded and, 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 and it's not to say that we're trying to bling it up, but using something like that yeah. that then hook those people to come to the rest of the talks because they go, oh, this one's coming up, that one's coming up, and then they start amplifying it in their circles. You realise, well, yeah, you know, and it was the same with the, 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 the rare and carnivorous plants and then the plant hunting story. Like, people were just blown away by, you know, five days trekking in, and, and this is being done by the people in their botanic garden, like, who go off. It's, it's almost like they've got this, alter egos, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I would absolutely agree yeah. with that. When the collecting side of things comes into it from a from a whore perspective, yeah. when some of my team get to go out, it's like, this is when I get to flip. We do a lot of management and maintenance, and then it's like, hey, now I can get to go out, you know, observe things in the wild, and that's the whole point. You bring yeah. those plants back, you, you're able to then raise them in an ex situ situation, share that seed again, or share that plant again. So, you know, you're fulfilling all those conservation, um, you know, research um, requirements that we do as botanic gardens. And Costa, there's nothing wrong with a bit of bling in the plant world. I say bring it on, let's yeah, have yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 you know, it gives, you know, people like me in, in my media role and, and, you know, the show and, and just even even all the curators and, and all of the, like going back to the first webinar, the, the, the communication side and the science communication, it gives, it gives all of those um, educators this wonderful material to mm. all people. And, and you, you, you think, well, that's what we want to do. We, everyone in horticulture wants to share the love. Mm. And um, when, when you looked at the story all the way in through the snowy mountains, and there's one rock where Shit. there's one West Ranger. And, and that, that has survived Crim- the fire Crim- clinging Crim- on this one rock. Yeah. And you just go, did you make that up? Like, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I love that too. And you know, I remember the botanists going out to collect it and you know, some of the Hort team. And literally it was on a rock stretching out to grab a tiny piece of this particular beautiful grey Westringer that grows what, you know, between a rock and a hard place, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah 50, 50 plants yeah. all got singed by the fire. Yeah. Remarkable stuff. So local. What, what about that footage, Costa, of the, the um, terra stylus, yeah. the, the little orchid and the fungus gnat? The fungus gnat <laughs> getting trapped in there. And then, yeah. oh, it's like that is, and, and all of those funny, those funny um, jibes that people were making in the comments about the sexuality and this and that. I mean, that's where. You know, we've got this opportunity, horticulture, to, to put that that those hooks out, like the foodies put hooks out. You yeah. know, with their images, and and I suppose it's the imagery and storytelling that is beautiful. And when you know, when you can get get adults and and just tell them that story, they mightn't have any sort of grand interest in plants, but then you start to hook them up and say. You know, this is deception. It, it it has a black spot there that looks like, you know, where the, the you know the, the partner is, and and then it traps on that, and it flicks and locks it in there, and it's trapped in and has to fight its way out and gets covered in in the love dust. And, <laughs> and, Time of its and life. It let's face it. it. <laughs> and, and 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 you know, like I know, I'll be talking about that with children till the day. 
I'm done. And and that's out of that one webinar. Yeah. I've got an amazing story that's going to be with me for life. And and that's for me. It's made all of that effort to do the webinars like pay for itself a thousand times over. Costa just wearing a. a, a Botanic Gardens hat, um, Began's hat, sorry. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge the yeah. contribution that you've made over, over, the month of, um, over the month of May in support of Botanic Gardens. And just a sincere thank you from the entire Absolutely. Botanic Garden um, community. You've been a, a, a ripper through the, course oh. of, um, through the course of May. It's just been, yeah, like you're, you're, getting, you're getting golf claps here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that, no, look, that's really kind. I'm going to struggle to get, get through the conservatory gate now. I'll have to get Charles to... To take it off the hinges, um, but <laughs> look, look with everything that we just discussed, I, I think no, it's been a real privilege, and I, I absolutely love that that we could do that, that we could put the spotlight on so many amazing people doing incredible things in horticulture. I know it's what we do with the show each week, yep. but but to really take all of these different storytellers and that that's how I like to see it you know all of the all of the horse that came on they're, they're incredible storytellers and you give them a chance to to put it out there on different platforms that then can be shared um, what a what a good result it's really it's really uplifting to the whole industry to, to hear these stories and particularly to meet those people that are coming you know, into the front end of their careers and are, are charging along and to, to, to sort of um, really... Keep charging. Night, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Keep, night absolutely. their presence. Yeah. Keep charging. Costa, Keep. thank you for your time again and, yeah, thanks for all your involvement and support of Botanic Gardens. Um, have a oh. lovely day up in sunny, far north Queensland. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, given that... I'd, actually, just before I, I go, I, I, I had the chance of... Um, going out to the Shepparton Botanic Gardens. Nice. I'll put a few pictures up of that. And, yeah. and you know, again, there's that other whole layer of, of Botanic Gardens. You know, when you look at Melton, you look at Shepparton. Um, the volunteer work behind that, and then I think about all the growing friends at, at all the different gardens, mm. in, in, in Cranbourne, in, in Melbourne, in Sydney. Yep. Um, you know, I stopped the other day at the Goldie Botanic Garden and met the, the growing friends there like, these people, like, they share our passion and, mm. and it's so nice to, to, to see them and put them in the spotlight and, and uh, you know, off the back of Volunteers Week. Um, there's so many incredible volunteers in our industry. Yeah, um, kudos. Yeah, kudos brilliant. Yeah. What, a, what a treat. What a treat to recognise them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Shep, the Shep Gardens, wow. Like, you know, I, I was blown away. I did only a short tour, but... Um, you know, they've done a great job in 10 years. Um, that, that garden is spectacular. And some of the recycled work where they've reused concrete curbs, just cut the curb holeless bolus and used it as steps. I mean, from my sustainability side of things, I was just loving it. Yeah, I, great. fantastic. I, Good solution-focused you know, so outcomes. So many layers. Yeah. yeah, great outcomes. Yeah. All right, Costa, we must let you go. Thank you again for, for joining the no, show worries. this morning. Have Thanks, a great Costa. day. Thanks, Costa. Cheers. See you, mate. Bye. See you, Bye. Ooh, that was Costa Georgiadis from Gar the host of Gardening Australia and Ambassador for Botanic Gardens Day. 
Uh, you are yeah. you are actually listening to the three CR gardening yeah. show. <laughs> it's a celebration of botanic gardens today, and I have some botanic gardeners in the studio with me. My name is Chloe Foster. I do love botanic gardens, but I have Claire Hart and John Arnott from Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria, and Tex Moon from the Dandenong Ranges Botanic Gardens. Uh, now I've had a caller. Um, dropping a couple of questions for you guys two things mm-hmm. uh, and thanks for calling in hazel um definition of collection curating curating at botanic gardens mm-hmm. and um wildlife in botanic gardens as well yeah well i reckon could i i'll start Go yeah. 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 Uh, curating is about how um uh so it's about um how a collection is acquired how it's maintained, how it's interpreted, yeah. how it's documented, yeah. how it is um, managed. So cu- curation is, an, is another word for, for, for managed for specific purposes. Mm. So what's what's an example of a, a collection? So let, let's go the Even cloud art, forest art collections. Mm. Uh, it, well, that's right. We, yeah. we yeah. probably understand that a library uh, and a gallery. Yeah, yeah, the gallery curator is a is a person that pulls together yeah. that particular exhibition with for specific purposes. Yeah. It's um, the same as yeah. as as plant collections. Yeah. So yeah. the cloud forest thing that you're working on at the moment that yeah. that's a curated collection, and, and so the aims of that are. Well, it's all, it comes down to conservation, really. I mean, you're talking about plants coming from far north Queensland, mountaintops um, that are right in the firing line of climate change. Yep. So so to be able to sort of grow them in reasonably well climate-matched yep. gardens as an ex situ conservation holding, which is a, then, I guess, a safeguard against extinction. So, But that's a really interesting one where there's this – it's a – multi-organisational, multi-agency yep. project that, you know, and I guess it I guess it talks to the kind of work that and the changing role of botanic gardens. Yep. We're much more sort of coordinated, collaborative, really good conservation work happening within botanic gardens now. So. And how those plants were acquired, you wouldn't just go down to, say, Rhododendron Locke, yeah. which is one of the Australian rhododendrons on these mountain peaks. You wouldn't just go to, to a... a, a Retail nursery and purchase that. The value of so all of the material has been collected from what from collected the wild. from wild. So knowing yeah. that provenance information, where yeah. it comes from, knowing yeah. So the rhododendron is perfect example, and and you know shout out to the Australian Rhododendron Society who work out of out of the Dandenong Ranges Botanic Garden. Started the Dandenong Ranges Botanic Garden really, but um, but yeah, they had a heavy involvement in that, and so yeah, knowing that you've got specific plants from specific communities, and then you can see. The, from the different peaks of the different mountaintops, how they how they respond in in cultivation. In cultivation you know, so yeah. Yeah. that's a really good point. But I think just can we just go back a step? Why are those plants important to conserve at this time? Like the the fact that they can't go anywhere. They can't. Else? Yeah, they're, they're completely isolated. You know, so so I guess and it's true for alpine plants in general. These yeah. things have, they're so isolated. They've gone as high as they can possibly go. So as the climate's going up. Mm. Then, they, then they really there have are no higher they're, they're, mountains. No, there's no higher mountains. Yeah. They can't jump to, well, well, far north Queensland mountaintop plants can't jump to Kosciuszko. That's yes. the, and so, yeah. so or to New Guinea or yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, yep. so that's where the role of botanic gardens in this space is so important because we can, you know, we, there is a really active network across the globe, across the country, and we can, 
we can find the niches where we can grow these plants. So, so that's almost like a co-curated collection, like yeah. a, a collection which is curated, but it's curated. There's some plants at Cranbourne, there's some plants at Melbourne, there's some plants at the Dandenongs, mm. plants in Canberra. Sydney, Canberra. Yep. Then you'll t- start talking meta collections, mm. you yep. know, just that really broader, again, which is what botanic gardens do well yep. and are getting better at, is Good. that, you know, seeing how we can all connect on that level, particularly for conservation. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And then wildlife. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, wildlife abounds in, yeah. in, in, in Botanic Gardens. Yeah. I mean, the Cranbourne Garden is just full of native critters. That's a unique um, situation. It's a, it is Cranbourne. a unique situation because yeah. it's surrounded by 360 hectares of bushland. Mm. So there's 20 species of mammals on, mm. the, on, the, the, Cram, on the Cranbourne Garden site. Wombats and echidnas and bandy, yeah. bandicoots and swamp rats. And, but Melbourne Gardens is chock full of wildlife. Yeah, and, and um, uh, bird life in particular. Yeah, yeah. You know. be a refuge at Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we can have powerful owls there. You know, the other day I was, oh, there's a Nankeen night heron, you know. Yeah. There's partalotes. There's, there's the eastern spinebill. Just, and that they're just kind of everyday kind of. You also get the um, yellow-tailed black cockatoo coming over, you know, around about this time of year, actually. Um, and just... It, it's a, an abundance yep. of, of, um, of everything. So, yeah, from, from little insects to, to lizards to um, uh, Rikali as well. So, Rikali? Yep, really? Yep. Cool. I, I've seen a couple, but, right. you know, not, not many. What's a Rikali for those so, that so don't like know? So, um, like an, an, a native rat, water rat, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Water rat, yeah. Easiest way, but a beautiful white tail and looks a bit like an otter yeah. when it moves across and it's yeah, almost yeah. as large as that. So... Really quite an extraordinary thing. Um, they've only seen it when the, the gardens have been quiet um, and it was moving from the into the Nymphaea <coughs> lily. Nice. Yeah, ornamental yeah. lake. So. And you yeah. know when you've got a powerful owl, when you, yeah. you see... Yeah. Scats. <laughs> well, scats and bits of other animals. Animals on the ground, so little pellets. I've got to say, but I did find a, a fox cub head last year. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that means that I've got a, a yeah. predator here yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's a bird. It's yeah. a bird, yeah. yeah. And and the same with the Dandenong Ranges. Obviously, we're 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 surrounded by the national park. Um, and at the moment, one of the I mean, all of the above with the same similar bird life, partloads, birds of prey, everything up there. Mm-hmm. But the lyrebirds, you know, oh. that's probably uh, it's probably one of the best spots to come and see lyrebirds. Yeah. And they they're pretty used to human interaction there, so they don't, you know, you, especially this time of year, at the moment, they, there is so much courting going on with the lyrebirds, it's, <laughs> you know, I could almost guarantee that if you walk up to, walk through the Danong Ranges Botanic Garden today, you'll see uh, a male lyrebird putting on a show, so. And or so, here? What's that? And, and, and here? And hear them? Like hear them? Hear them, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I thought you meant It's a whole hear. show. <laughs> I thought you were a location. It's a cabaret. Yeah. No, no, no live birds in the studio. No, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, no, you'll definitely hear them mimicking all the all the, the sounds around them and then, yeah, as I say, putting on a show. But, yeah, wombats, echidnas, every, all of the above. It's it's, yep. it's, it's it's part of what we do. Yeah. Deer. Oh, yeah, the unwanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The unwanted ones are there as well. So deer, rabbits. Um, Raddies. Yeah. We've got rats. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Guys, can you give us a give the Begans Network and their socials and how people can get involved and connected? Give that a plug. Your wife is nagging us texts. Oh, you see, I got <laughs> the similar text message. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Sam. How can people find out what Begans is all about? How can um, they get you know interact with them? So we mentioned the the web page before, yep. but begans.org.au. Yep. Um, Botanic Gardens Facebook page. I think it's the Botanic Gardener or Begans. You'll yep. find it again. Yep. 
and Began's Instagram, I so think. Instagram is B-G-A-N-Z number one. Number one. one. Yeah. That's yep. right. Yeah. On Instagram. And Botanic Gardens Day has got its own Yeah, it does. Page. There is a Botanic yep. Gardens Day Facebook page, Facebook page. at least. So yep. if you just type that in your search and bar. And they've been sharing some beautiful videos and stories of people and their connection with Botanic Gardens over the last month too. So, so the Plant Lovers Challenge, which plant, yep. you know is a good one for everyone to take part in if you've still got a little bit of time. But yeah. Just a quick little video of yourself with your favourite plant and tell us why it's your favourite plant. I still haven't done one. I think mine's going out today. Is it? Yeah, yeah. What was your plant? Zelkova serrata. I mentioned it before, yeah. I thought just the time of year that we're in, it just made sense to talk about a beautiful deciduous tree and they really are such a a strong tree in our landscape up there. So I was going to do a song. Were you? Yeah. Oh, please do a song. Yeah, but we haven't been over through, you know, with, with the fams... Um, that we've Your all, fans? Yeah, no, no family. <laughs> John's got a following. Uh, no, not at all. Um, but for one reason or another, we haven't all been able to get together in the same place at the same time. What was the plan going to be? Uh, no, it was a song. It was a song about um, plants. Uh, about Heather, Scottish Heather. Oh, uh-huh. wow. Mm. Well, well, stay tuned, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all like, oh, okay. <laughs> committed, committed to it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with it. Yeah. I wouldn't mention that on air. Yeah. Oh, no. Too late. <laughs> Look, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. It might not just hit before the 31st of May. <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. Um, we did have a couple, we've had a couple of other text messages come in. Um, someone just saying thanks to Margot from, uh, call, for, for calling in about the Macedon Ranges Botanic Gardens. Um, and maybe suggest that Margot runs for council to help make those changes. <laughs> there you go. Happen. Well, well, there's that. Hashtag the challenge. Uh, there has. There, um, that's not without precedent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the the Shepherd and Botanic Garden, uh, and ex mayor, yeah. uh, was the champion mm. of, of of that particular of that particular project. There's there there is a strong correlation mm. between council support, councillors' mm. support, mm. Uh, and things happening in in Botanic Gardens, and it's about. Yeah, the challenge is to, to how do you how do you how do you achieve that level of support? Mm. I think I think there's a really good case there to to also we we talk about our networks in, within the botanic gardens, but there's a really strong network of friends and mm. and you know you got people like the John Bentleys of the world who who have been through a lot of this and have figured out the way the best ways to influence the right people so so yep. i think connecting with some of these other groups like shepherd and yep. australian botanic garden is you know i think that's a really good place to start as well but a champion at council um that voice at council is mm. really important like if you, if, if, even the melton there's this pop there might be a correlation there because there was a um, local politician state politician i believe um who Saw the value of the project, understood the vision, mm. and and in the in the early days, in in endorsed for the parcel of land to be purchased, and there was a mm. there was an advocate at council, mm. and you can continue to build on that. And I guess one thing with councils as well, they're never going to stop planting trees. So for me, that's always an in. Um, that's a strong focus that yep. any council will take on, and loves a picture. Yep. So um, you know, it's it's I know it's a, it's it's a, a big arboreal thing that will last for a long time. Yep. However, sometimes it does get you a bit more buy-in than some of the smaller plants, which you can then add and bring in and make those kind of extended gardens, which again is probably similar to what the Melton Melton model is. Maybe we'll call that. Yeah, the mm. Melton model or yeah. the Shepparton model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and whilst. Um, 
we were sort of suggesting that the nuances of managing a botanic garden might not be core business for for councils, and and that yeah. that, that that probably is the case. But but the core business is parks, gardens, environmental beautification, mm. biodiversity management, yep. you know, all of those, community, community health, 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 all yep. those things that we we're talking. That, that, so yeah. the botanic garden is just a different mechanism of delivering that. Yep, mm. quite specific one yeah. and a real commitment. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, not. Strongly aligned to the values of, of local government business. We were talking about projects before, and that, that can be one thing that can help get that funding going with council or from other bodies. Tex, you've got a few projects going on at Dandenong Ranges there's, there's at couple, the moment. Yeah, it's a busy time up there at They're the moment. Really yeah. exciting projects. Too. Yeah. So I mean, we we touched on the the big one for us at the moment. A moment before the what's what we're calling the Australian, Australian Cloud Forest Collection, part of the bigger tropical mountain peak plant science project. So again, that's, that's a long name. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so we we're just we as the Australian Cloud Forest Collection, and and so so yeah, we've been identified as one of the sort of key um, ex situ sites to hold these these plants. So so we've. Uh, been through the design phase, we um, we uh, engaged a great landscape architect, Andrea Proctor Landscapes. Um, mm. She has come up with a brilliant design, and um, and we're just about a construction phase, and we've got plants from from Royal Botanic Gardens, Cranbourne, that were wild collected from the northern mountain peaks, and from the. It was a, literally a truckload. It was a truckload that we came <laughs> we came down and got, and we've got some yeah. some nice. Uh, Happy snaps of us collecting those, and then they, <laughs> so they're growing on in our in our uh, nursery at the moment, and yeah, so the the hope is to sort of start construction in, in early July for that one. But and just next to that, there's the um, Chelsea um, Australian Garden at Alinda, which is the Philip Johnson landscape um, recreation of the the award-winning. brilliant award winning garden that, that they did at the Chelsea Flower Go best Flower in show, show best in show mm. gold medal. Um, so. So yeah, that's happening as we speak. There's some, so that's a going to be a beautiful native billabong waterfall um, with a huge range of uh, Australian native plants going into that that landscape. So so yeah, there's a yeah big things happening up in the Linda at the moment. Big things happening. Well, I've got some big thing happening on the uh, on the phones at the moment. We're talking about botanic gardens today, and it's run by a network called Botanic Gardens of Australia and New Zealand. So we've got a representative from across the ditch. Nice. Ah. I would like to welcome Emma Simpkins from the Auckland Botanic Gardens to the 3CR Gardening Show. Good morning, Emma. Are you there? Hi, everyone. How are you? Oh, good. Hi. Welcome to the show and um, thanks for persevering and getting us and getting on the line with us. No worries, great to be here. Yeah, look, guys, um, for the listeners out there, Emma is uh, a horticulturalist at the Auckland Botanic Garden. She's been there for eight years um, and she's sort of taken an interest in the botanic records and um, and is now a conservation specialist at those gardens. She has a particular passion for threatened plants um, and solving environmental challenges. Uh, Emma, you're on one of the BGANS webinars that Costa was talking about the other night. Yes, I was. I was on the plant hunting one talking about um, a trip we did to an offshore island near Auckland, which was really exciting. Tell us a bit more about that. 
So we went in about 2017, just when Myrtle Ross was arriving in oh, New Zealand. Okay. And so we thought we'd better uh, hop to it and collect seed of some of our endemic myrtaceae. So we did about three trips to this offshore island. Each trip was probably four or five days and did lots of hiking um, to rocky outcrops to collect uh, an endemic Kanuka, so Kunzia, uh, to that island, and then a couple other kind of common mutasi on the island. We're New- all jealous. Yeah. <laughs> New-, New Zealand has um, many, many endemic things in its in its flora. Is that because of the you know, the relative isolation, Emma? Yeah, that's right. Yep, we do have lots of endemism, um, but we do have lots of common things with Australia. Um, mm. Lots of our orchids are very similar, so we've got lots of peristylus mm. um, that, are, that are in Australia. Okay. Um, so we're pretty lucky with the flora we have. Mm. Mm. And there's a native dinella in New Zealand, is that right? Yes, we have. I think we have three species three of dinella, species. actually. Yeah. yeah. Cool which is cool, and they're super common and kind of amenity horticulture, actually. Are they? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Same here. (laughs) Super common amenity horticulture. Emma, you're um, very involved with the Botanic Gardens Network uh, and you chair a couple of groups within um, that organisation, but tell us about some of the Botanic Gardens Day celebrations that Auckland has on Auckland Botanic Gardens are hosting today. Yeah. Yes, so today we've got um, a nature journaling workshop with an artist called Jennifer Duval-Smith, and so she's set up some great kind of exploratory tables with microscopes and things in our visitor centre, because today it's a bit windy and cold, (laughs) um, and people can have the chance to explore and look closer into plants and other things that you find in our gardens. Um, And we also have a bit of a digital trail, so all those plant lover challenges that everyone's been doing, we did about 10 or 12 of those from our staff and we've created a digital trail. So oh, not fantastic. only can watch those videos, yeah, but they can see the plants in yeah. real life, which is really a great way to connect people with plants and gardens. Oh, that's great. And, and your, your, your role, Emma, it, it, it centres around um, the conservation of the New Zealand flora and the role mm-hmm. of botanic gardens. Could you just, yeah, just describe what that looks like at, at Auckland? Yeah, so... My role is kind of in three parts, I suppose. So plant records is really important for conservation. Um, And then I oversee all our research programs, which link really closely into conservation. Um, And the types of things I do in terms of conservation might be uh, collecting rare and threatened plants in the wild, doing a little bit of seed banking, uh, also doing some propagation research. Uh, Lots of our natives in New Zealand are really hard to grow. So we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to do that and, and kind of write protocols around yeah. that okay. and, and share that with others. Yep. Um, and then also we obviously do conservation that's not just native, so lots of the uh, exotic species that we hold in the garden, but also those kind of uh, cultivars that are not so common in the trade anymore are also just as important for us to mm. conserve in a botanic garden. Mm. Have, have you got the best horticulture job in New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think I'm super biased there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to. You've touched on a point about propagation of plants as well, and um, that's something we haven't really uh, just mentioned today. Is all of that skill set yeah. um, and technical 
uh, information and knowledge that uh, our well, the, one of the people that I work with we call him the proper guru um, <laughs> the pro- <laughs> because it 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 is exactly what you said it is you know it's trialing a whole range of different ways to get that plant to grow and as we know that could be anything from using smoke water to you know. Um, uh, particular mm-hmm. hormones to just you know taking a cutting and letting it go. It's it's mm-hmm. an extraordinary, um, uh, I guess, back of house area that we don't get to celebrate as yeah. much as we should and could. And I was just yes. yeah, and I was thinking about you know that in line with the you know the record management and all of that's you know like we can all like, I think we all probably know stories of you know, the staff that have this in their head, that these sort of information in their head that, that then they leave. But, but you know, with the tools that we've got available, the technology that we've got today, the ability to share that sort of knowledge across this whole network and to everyone is is profound. And so, yeah, so the Dermots of the world and the, the information that, that Emma's got over there well, we can all tap into that. So, yeah, and staff are moving around as well. Uh, one of uh, my staff has just gone to Wellington Botanic Garden, oh, yeah, so, yeah. and she was the yeah. curator of the New Zealand uh, 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 collection in Melbourne Garden. So, it's uh, a nice way to exchange uh, staff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Emma, um, thank you so much for coming on on the show with us this morning. Uh, if you're ever in Melbourne, let me know, and we'd love to have you in the studio because I think um, mm. there'd be some good There might be a date in September. Is well, there? Yeah, there we might, might be. see you at the end of September. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much. And if there's anyone uh, well, that doesn't have to get up as early as us for this show, anyone in New Zealand <laughs> that is listening, um, Jump on, find out where your local botanic gardens are in New Zealand, and see what they've got. Mm. See what they've got on today, or just go for a visit, even if you don't know what's going on. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for having thanks, me. Emma. All right, thanks, Emma. Thanks, Emma. See you, Emma. Bye. See ya. Um, we're going straight from one special guest to another special guest, uh, and I must say, a very warm and actually probably warm where he is. <laughs> Welcome to Peter Symes in Cooktown Botanic oh. Gardens. Just we're jumping around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You there, Peter? Are you there, Peter? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Hi, Peter. Hi, Pete. Morning. John, give us a rundown on Peter's resume. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think Claire might be the best person to, to, to do that. Oh, well, uh, well, Peter's probably the best person to do that. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> Peter, you know, uh, Peter was uh, the curator of horticulture at um, Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. Um, for Peter correct me, 35 years, as, but not just as curator of horticulture. He did a huge amount of work um, in water management. And from the water management, um, particularly around the millennial um, drought, um, there, we, we needed to work on further, uh, I guess, securing the future of the garden. So Peter was a lead author of the Landscape Succession Strategy, yep. which is on the RBGV website. It's a great document. Yep. Um, and he's also um, helped to uh, complete the... The Living Collections Plan, which is another public document that will be um, out later this year. Apart from that, he's also worked on the Climate Change Alliance of Botanic Gardens and was a key person to um, not only um, get that established, but um, be part of the first um, uh, climate change summit, which um, the Climate Change Alliance of Botanic Gardens now has over 400 um, uh, participating gardens across the globe. And then he um, um, pulled up stumps, so to speak, and uh, went to Cooktown uh, as curator um, uh, way up north. So is that enough, Peter? (laughs) That's enough, thanks. (laughs) 
Peter, what, what's going on up at Cooktown Botanic Gardens at the moment and today? Uh, look, the main thing is um, I've actually been sick for a couple of weeks. I'm a bit out of touch, but uh, essentially we're mainly preparing for the Discovery Festival, which is the 17th to 19th of June. Um, very busy time in Cooktown with reenactments and um, um, traditional owner art and craft, a whole range of things. But um, there's a real influx of tourists to the north at this time of year, <laughs> and it's probably our peak visitation period in the garden. So we've really been uh, working on the presentation of the gardens for that for that period from the 17th to the 9th of June. So if anyone's planning to be in far north Queensland around that time, mm. I reckon they'd come along to that. It's a bit of a mm. colourful spectacle. Great. The Cooktown um, Garden. Sorry, Pete, you sorry. keep going. Sorry, uh, the Cooktown Gardens, are, are, they're, they're, they're pretty old, aren't they? They, they date back to the 1800s. Is that right, Pete? Uh, so 1870s, 1876. And uh, interestingly, there was gold discovery very early in the history of the garden, similar to many gardens in Victoria, including Melbourne Garden. There's some shared history in terms of that goal, which probably helped fund some of the development of the garden in the first place. And and the gardens, could you just describe size, location... Uh, uh, yeah, aesthetic. yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, and maybe your staffing too, Peter, because it's um, it's just one of similar to you know the issues um, around Masson and just just being a small garden. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sorry, small staffing. <coughs> so um, the botanic garden typically might called a the Gallup Botanic Reserve, and the Gallup Botanic Reserve is fifty-two hectares in size. It pretty much buffed up right against the whole sea and um, I don't know if you call it undulating, but granite country um, and dry, open, seasonal rainfall essentially is the habitat. And within that, we have a six-hectare botanic garden, which also includes the cricket oval, which <laughs> might be the only one in Australia, I think. <laughs> so you've got a cricket pitch in the middle of the botanic garden. <laughs> Yeah, instead of a caravan park. Yeah. Is it uh, is it picketed? Is it white picket fence around it, like the traditional vibe? No, not at all. And it was actually used um, quite extensively when it was first in the, I suppose, late 1800s. It was built pretty early on. And um, and it's yeah. So that so that's an interesting feature of the garden. And the, so and the actual natural reserve would be about fifty six, um, you know, fifty six or so hectares. And what sort of nicks the surrounding bushland in, Pete? Sorry? What sort of condition is the surrounding bushland? Is it in pretty, um, pretty good condition? Fairly, fairly intact. There's some significant woody environmental weeds that we have to manage, and we've spent actually weeks working on those um, since I started in September. Uh-huh. And we still haven't got across it. Um, but it's interesting, there's a bit of dispute about what the vegetation should be because when Cook was here in, in um, 1770s, Grassy Hill was a grassy hill. Okay. And there was a lot of um, burning, so that one of the theories is that this bushland that you see now in, in Cooktown is, has developed because of the lack of burning as much as anything, but it's hard to really know. Yeah, okay. That's fascinating. But yeah. apart from that, it's not too bad. It's pretty intact, and very interesting suite of plants um, growing in that environment. 
And, and what's the what's the focus of the, the the living collections? We've been talking a little bit this morning about our, our respective collections focuses. What's the living collections focus for the Cooktown Gardens? Look, the, probably the main the, the main focus, if you were to put it all together, would be featuring four of Cape York. Okay. Yeah. But there's there's a few main collections. There's rare and threatened plants, um, Banks and Salander collection, the Vera Scarf Johnson collection, which is a I suppose a palette plant by an early environmental environmental identity in this town. And she painted a lot of the painted a lot of the species um, up here and took some herbarium bouts and things like that. She's almost like a, a Queensland Jean Galbraith, a good one. Mm. I'll nice, nice. Probably to describe her like that, but more more of an artist. And she was instrumental, really, in, in the visitor centre cafe being constructed, so had a strong role. Yeah. Um, but we have we have exotic, you know, we have sections of rainforest, a palm medium of exotic and native, and there's some heritage remnants such as a tropical fruit um, arboretum, cut flower garden. There's some of the actual earlier developments in the garden as part of that. You know, what can we grow to survive on in the colony sort of thing? Yeah. Um, fascinating. Fascinating, Peter. Is there a... Um, you got volunteers up there? Got a friends group? No, we don't at the moment. Um, it's pretty thin on the ground in terms of resources. Uh, I'm, I'm having conversations with people to see whether we can create some sort of a support group for the garden, but you do have to keep in mind cooking and... Two and a half thousand people. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you don't have sort of like a critical mass of community that you can draw on. Um, and you know, you've got a garden that could probably, you know, handle to five volunteers at once. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's challenging. But the right person is at yeah. the wheel. Yeah, yeah. In, in one piece, arms. Um, it's uh, it's terrific to have a friend up north, Pete. We 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 still, yeah, we still want to come up and pay pay a visit. I reckon it's a big Anne's Vic, yeah, trip. Oh, if you have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. We're trip. June. Hey, we don't have much time to plan it. That's a. I'll, I'll be going, just not the humidity. But, can, you, can you run a seminar up there yeah, yeah. or something like that? Yeah. I actually, I actually find the the dry vegetation in some ways more interesting um, because you can actually. See the plants. Yeah. You're not cleaning your neck up, and you're trying yeah. to work at what tree it is. The foliage is so high up, yeah. and, and the, the resilience and tolerance of a lot of these species is amazing. You find species that are meant to be growing in swamps on the top of rocky outcrops. Yeah, amazing. Um, there's a lot of adaptability, and you know, to have orchids growing on trees outside your work workyard, um, <laughs> they just sort of you just you just keep being thrown by the plants that you come across. Yeah, over and over. And, and Peter, um, look, I know that with Botanic Gardens as well, a lot of our work can be reactive where suddenly <laughs> you've got, um, excuse me, can you kind of move in or, or take these plants or, you know, this is at risk of um, of developers, etc. And uh, I know you've uh, recently inherited a few ant plants. Any chance you want to just uh, let us know yeah, how many? And <laughs> this is a slight understatement. Um, <laughs> we've probably got around 600 oh. ant plants. <laughs> And um, a, a number of those have been installed in, in trees. 
but younger plant. The epiphytic. More mature <laughs> plants that can't be transplanted, so really we now have an instant nursery collection. Yep. And, and we're working on better housing for those, but they... They, they deserve a story on their own. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I just thought it was worth mentioning. <laughs> and and in, in, I don't know, 50 words or less, what's special about an ant plant, Pete? Um, I think it's, a, it's a, the almost, I suppose you call it symbiotic relationship with the golden ant and the polyjewel butterfly. So there's a it's sort of a three-way relationship going on. Ant plants probably don't know what they are. Epiphytes grow up high on trees. Yep. Have a swollen stem of the national, which... Ends up as adapted to actually form a great nest for these ants. Yep. And the ants um, take the caterpillars inside the nest and use, I think, the exudate from the caterpillar. <laughs> and it's a way of the ant plant extracting nitrogen because of the feces inside the plant. Oh, come on, that's and, incredible. And, and, and the golden ants actually can also protect the ant plant from other predators. So there's a, it's a very interesting relationship and um, we do have the opportunity now to really study this stuff quite close. Fantastic, Peter. In good hands. That sounds fantastic. Peter, thank you for joining the show today. We really appreciate it. And uh, have a have an excellent Botanic Gardens Day up in far north Queensland. Okay, thank Thanks you very, very much, much, everybody. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Oh, well, that, this is, not that is, this is the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Chloe Foster and I've had Claire Hart, John Arnott and Tex Moon in the studio with me this morning. We've all been fawning over Botanic Gardens because we love them. Uh, we have one more caller oh, great. to put through um, and we must say a warm welcome to Lorraine Kello. Are you still there, Lorraine? I so am. Oh, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Hi Lorraine. Lorraine from Williamstown. <laughs> Hey, good morning. What have Williamstown got on for today? Our beautiful Friends Group has been organising some events um, down at the gardens today from about 11am to 2. Um, Very gentle events, some nature journaling. Uh, Jackie Karen's going to be down there. Cups of tea and and a real chance to to go down to the gardens during this beautiful autumn weather Mm. and just explore. So some gentle things going on down there today. But... um, can I just pick up on a point that John Arnott made the other day, and I know we're going to be running short of time, but the notion about um, Botanic Gardens being one of the most visited uh, institutions in Australia. Yeah. And I was just looking at things like um, when you go onto Google, you know, Google your own Botanic Garden, and good old little Williamstown's got more than a 1,000 Google reviews, you know. <laughs> and you go onto the Royal Botanic Gardens, with 12,000 reviews, and people have uploaded 56,000 photos mm. of the Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. That's incredible. Well, I think they're sort of indicators, because um, nobody needs to write a review. No one's compelled to write reviews. No. But it gives you a sense of that connection that people do have to places like Botanic Gardens. and. The other one I wanted to pick up was the um, the call from Margot about seeking support from the council. I think, John, you made some great uh, comments about um, we're lucky to have great support for our garden here, but it is really critical that you find supporters for your garden mm. and the community shows support for your gardens because if the community tells um, the world that gardens are important to them, that that's really the key. It's, it's about telling the world that gardens are important. Um uh, you know, and that might mean calling your councillors or getting along yep. to events or showing support for your volunteers. But 
Um, and I guess on that, I just want to say thanks to the vegans people, thanks to the program today, and thanks to our friends group who are, who are so keenly involved with um, botanic gardens all across Australia and New Zealand. We, we haven't touched on, and we won't have time to talk about yep friends groups and volunteers and how they are absolutely imperative to keeping botanic gardens everywhere up and running in the cities and in the regions so they, yeah. they completely are their advocacy yep. Is, yep. Is, is, yep. is absolutely critical so it may not be a hands-on role in a garden but it is that advocacy role that sharing of the stories the sharing of the information and and the gently shaping the conversations mm. around how important gardens are and they play a critical role. So thank you for, for highlighting the role of volunteers too. Well, and I think it's interesting, uh, Lorraine and panel, that that um, uh, botanic gardens that are funded by local government, it's really about the services that the botanic garden can facilitate for that community. Uh, and if the botanic gardens is doing relevant things and supported by um, community, it, it's... Years ago, there was a, a, a term called we shouldn't be looking, botanic gardens shouldn't be looking to raise funds, it should be looking to raise friends because mm-hmm. the funds will be a product of local government recognising that this place is relevant to its community. Absolutely, and I think working in with other council programs is a really great thing. We've, we've mm-hmm. had our libraries come and do story time in the, uh, rather than doing it in a library room. Our beautiful libraries have been down to the gardens to do live, you know, story time under our elm, our big elm tree, which is famous, you know. Mm. Um, so you'll get 50 or 60 mums and dads with their bubs underneath, you know, our, our tree. And they're using it as a venue, but they're also using it to experience the gardens in its, um, in its beauty. So absolutely, linking into other council services and, and growing your supporter base is is absolutely critical. Yeah. Mm. I hope, um, hope Margot's still listening in because that's, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're just... Oh, and I'd yeah. be happy to talk to Margot in Yeah, time. we'll get you <laughs> connected. Lovely. Yeah. Lorraine, thank, yeah, thank you for calling in today and have a lovely day. I hope you get heaps of visitors down at Williamstown. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Lorraine. See you, Lorraine. Bye. Bye. Whew, what a shot. I'm going to put one more caller through. We are running very fine, but uh, we've had a caller. Um, Jill from BlackRock tried to call in earlier and we just had uh, the phone line's been busy today. Jill, are you still there? Yes, I am, Chloe. Thanks. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Jill. Um, can you do another program where we actually talk about the Friends of Botanic Gardens, please? Oh, There's so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's a good point. It is. Please, it's a beauty. Please, please. Look, I just want to give a shout-out for the Cranbourne Friends who have just released their history mm. of the first 30 years of the Cranbourne Friends, which is available now yep. from the Royal Botanic Gardens Mel- uh, at Melbourne Gardens or Cranbourne Gardens. And I'm sure you can buy it online. It's online so and in bookshops too. I have seen it. And so that's from 1991. And to encourage other um, botanic gardens, community um, groups to actually document because all these wonderful people who establish these gardens and then they start falling off the perch and you can't get their yep. story. Mm. So yeah, brilliant, Jill. Um, yep. So, and, but I also wanted to mention two, two new botanic gardens where the bulldozers are now creating new regional botanic gardens. One um, called Gargaro, which is yeah. the west of Shepparton. And a second one, which is in the Grampians, which is the Whammer in Demi Botanic Garden. And uh, perhaps I won't go into it now, but they are both being created as we talk yeah. and will be open to the public for the September, October this year. And I know that there's some wonderful stories there that we could go into. If And I'll get off the line. Jill, we're going to talk. Call in next week. Call, yeah. in, call in next week, Jill. There's quite a few programs yeah. in that. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of programs from today. Jill, thank oh, you for calling in. Um, have a lovely day. 
Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was Jill Burness, the yeah. former <laughs> newly retired <laughs> landscape architect at Royal Botanic Gardens. I didn't know if we were going to be naming names. I thought, is that Jill B? <laughs> it was Jill B. Love you, Jill. Um, John, Tex, Claire, thank you for your time today and thank you for your passion and the truly dedicated and underpaid work that you guys do at Botanic Gardens. I greatly, I lo- I've loved this morning, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been lots of fun. Um, must say a big thank you to Doug, our producer, who's put all the phone calls through this morning. Really appreciate it. Um, to Costa, Emma, Peter, and all our other callers, thank you for joining us today. Um, and to Liz, who does our socials as well. Get out to your botanic gardens today, everyone, yep. or get out into a garden. Have a lovely Sunday, and we'll be back on air at 7.30 next Sunday. Catch you later. Mm-hmm.